Blog Talk Radio. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for October the 9th, 2010. I am your host. Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host for today is Brenda Wright, the Lightest Wright, and Tyrone Island Small. And you know for sure that's the poet man, so we've got definitely some good things on reflections for the last of the show. We're coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio, with fresh news every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the place to be and to get heard right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. We have a great show for you this evening, and it's concerning this topic on becoming an overcomer. This is the last topic or segment on a three-part series on spiritual abuse. And after we get back from this break, we will talk more on spiritual abuse and how to become an overcomer. We will be right back. Please. 
like our show and would like to send contributions, please send contributions to Favor, Families and Victims of Fraud.com. Go to Donation Page, click Donate, or by mail, send contributions to Favor in care of Lardy Miss Clardy's Blog Talk Radio Show. We thank you for your listening, Nick, for your listening, for all you listeners near and far, for your support and earful listening. Thank you. Thank you, Ireland. That was great. I like that, okay? I think that's a good one right there. I hope you all do um, find that this show is helpful in some kind of way. Um, but we are back right here on the Lardy Miss Party on Blog Talk Radio. And we are today talking on the subject on how to become an overcomer. And also I wanted to reiterate on uh, the, the segments before that we had talked on to bring you up to date on why we are on this specific subject. All right? So first of all, I want to ask a couple of questions to anybody that have been through these things and something to reflect on. Have you ever been spiritually abused? by a friend, spouse, or while in a relationship, all in the name of God? Have you ever had someone tell you that they are God and to submit to them? Have you ever had someone reverse what you know in God and help them and they reverse it on you for bad? Have you ever had someone try to manipulate or intimidate you or try to take your position in God? Now, these are just a few things that can happen to those that, you know, do not understand, you know, what they have to do to get strong spiritually in God. So, as I said before, these are examples of what Satan can do to or through an unbeliever, okay, if you do not have the Holy Spirit from God in your life. You can come and join us on this venture, on how to stop the enemy from taking what God says belongs to you, and also how to become an overcomer. So if you need to contact us, you can call us at the call-in number, give your comments or views, and that number is 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And you can contact all of us on Facebook. Yes, we are there. You can search us by um, putting in the names of Wendy Clardy, Brenda Wright, and also Tyrone Small. Okay? And you can also contact us by email if you have any requests of topics that you would like us to talk about um, because your, your, your views and and your questions and, and requests are very important to us, and uh, we would like to talk about those things that interest you the most. You can contact us at WendyClarty at yahoo.com, or you can, call, you can email Brenda at LittleFastTiny, that is spelled L-I-L-F-A-S as in Sam, T-I-N-Y, at yahoo.com, and also you can contact also Tyrone Small at Island, 
Thank you, thank you. You hear that again? Would you repeat that, Island? Island five and nine, Yahoo.com. All right. Now, getting to the topic or getting to at least reiterating on those specifics that we just spoke to you about in the first segment. We start with the first segment on we talked on what does spiritual abuse mean and their definitions. Uh, also uh, on, on the big payback, which was retribution for those that have done God's chosen wrong and its definition. And in the second segment, we talked on the seven steps towards demon possession and how to recognize it through repression, repress, repression, or re, yeah, repression, suppression, depression, oppression, uh, obsession, and protecting your willpower, and also don't fear the devil, and also possession, which we want to discern the demonic possession, okay? How to discern it, okay? Now, this last segment we are going to talk on how to become an overcomer, okay? First, knowing the processes of temptation then how to receive forgiveness and eternal life and overcome the devil, and how to become an, an overcome, and what does it mean to be an overcomer. And the last, you can also say, can you miss the rapture if you are not an overcomer? We will be reading from selected articles concerning subjects uh, concerning the subject that we're talking about, also from the book on Demonology and Deliverance, Principalities and Powers by Dr. Lester Sumrall. And the last, we will come from the Bible, the King James Version, um, as references when needed, okay? So I'm going to start it off with talking about the processes of temptation, all right? And before I do that, I would like, and we're coming out of the article, we're coming out of an article uh, from www.ad2000.org, okay? That is spelled www.ad2000.org, all right? So I'm going to read a little bit from this specific article, and we're going to start with the temptations of Jesus. And in the text, and this is by Reverend Pablo de Call, okay, and he writes a text, and it's from Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11. And it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels charge concerning you, 
and on their hands they will bear you up, lest ye strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said unto Jesus again, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to Satan, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Now, we all can relate to peer pressure, because I'm going to put it in a practical form if you don't hear from that form. And those that already heard about this scripture, uh, that's all right. But for those that don't know and are underdeveloped, I would like to come from a practical uh, uh, process or a practical point of view on this. You know how, you know, you hang around gangs and, you know, or you hang around crowds and cliques. And, you know, and, and in order to be a part of these crowds and cliques and gangs, they always want to put you to a test, you know, in order to be in a gang or in a clique or whatever. And if you are so wanting to be a part of them, they have you do some outrageous things in order to show them that you are one of them. And we know from what we just heard from a scriptural point of view, how the devil tested Jesus through temptation, how he had to understand, how he had to throw it out there, no, I'm not going to do none of these things because it is written that you shouldn't test your God and man don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And then the last end, oh, let me go back to that. And he said, uh, for it is written that you should only serve God and him only, okay? Now, if Jesus was tempted like this, and you got people that tempt you with money, tempt you with sex, tempt you with wanting to be in like Flynn and all of these things, and he is showing already through this testimony how you get out of it by, by quoting something that was taught to you by using your wisdom and knowledge that is not good and not to be a part of it. In other words, you, can, you need to separate yourself from those things that could cause you to go to jail, cause you to look bad, cause your character to be scarred, and then all in all just be blameful for everything that's going on in your life because you won't, you won't allow yourself to, to have wisdom to come from something that can cause you misery in the end. We don't need to be serving Satan anyway and all of his demons and people that want to be in all the bad things. But, you know, sometimes we get involved and, you know, and some of us don't know our way out. So we are here today on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show to give you some information and also give you a way out by Scripture and practical use through your own life, you know, because you've got to be a testimony, that's for sure, to show how God has delivered you.
from things that we ourselves couldn't even help ourselves out of. That's for sure. So we're going to go on, and we're going into the introduction here. Jesus Christ was tempted by the devil throughout his ministry. The Bible says, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Now, this is coming from Hebrew chapter 4, uh, verse 15. The temptation of Jesus were real. The Bible says because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Again, this is coming from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18. From the temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11, we can learn two important things. First, to know the process of temptation, and second, how to overcome temptation. So the first, we're going to talk on to know the process of temptation. Knowing the process of temptation is very important for us if we want to overcome our temptation. Jesus Christ was tempted in the same way as Adam and Eve. We are all tempted in the same way, too. It doesn't matter if we are members of the local church or church leaders. The process of temptation is the same. So let us look at the processes of temptation. First, temptation starts with doubt. And from Matthew 4, uh, chapter 4, 3 and, uh, through 4, it says, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And the first temptation was on the level of his physical nature to turn stones to bread. He was hungry, and the devil gave him a suggestion of what to do. That would be like, you know, you done got hungry, and, you know, because you ain't got no money, you know, you think the devil will tell you, well, why don't you go out here and go and steal from a bank, you know, uh, for your, and he'll give you all, even though he'll say, now, you know it ain't right, but he's going to say it again, but you know you've got to eat. So why don't you go out there and steal from a bank, rob a bank, okay? So, and that is dealing with your physical nature to turn, uh, uh, to turn, uh, you know, hunger into thievery. Excuse <laughs> my friend. <laughs> but he was hungry, and the devil gave him a suggestion what to do, okay, which the devil always giving us suggestions, okay? The devil tempted Jesus through his human physical wishes as the same way Adam and Eve were tempted. We church, we church leaders are tempted too, but for Jesus, God's will was more important than the satisfaction of his hunger. Of his hunger, in other words, uh, yeah, I got a suggestion to go and steal from a bank because I'm hungry. But it would be better if I went to Salvation Army and went to the food bank. Okay, <laughs> so uh, let's 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 look at that. Now I'm laughing because it's practical stuff I'm using with this. Okay. So every day the devil is bringing before us doubts regarding our physical needs, especially those who are far away on the mission field. Can God provide your physical needs? What about world evangelization? Okay? Can God provide all our physical needs in order to fulfill the task? We need to depend and trust on him. Let us learn the lesson from people of Israel in the desert. Each day they needed to learn to trust and depend on God. Now, I am going to give the second verse over to Brenda, the light is right for her to speak on, and then the third is going to Island, Tyrone Island Small. And so they're going to help me to host this evening. 
and so I have to give them, you know, words to say too. So, Brenda, would you please uh, elaborate on on two? And what does it say here? The second process of temptation. Okay, the second the second temptation is to deny was to deny the word of God. It says here, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. The second temptation was on the level of his spiritual nature to prove his faith in God. At the same time, it was an appeal to manifest himself spectacularly to Israel. Jesus was not willing to depart from the will of God in the spiritual realm. Jesus depended and believed in the word of God. Israel was tempted in the desert the same way God promised them the land of Canaan, but they denied God's word because of it. That generation died in the desert. When we reject the word of God as leaders and do not trust and depend, then we will fail for sure. Adam and Eve fell because they did not keep and trust. They do not keep and trust the word of God. The righteous will live by faith. What you get up out of that, sis? You know, what can you use as a practical application to that for those that may not understand it? You know, from that point of view. Um, what kind? What, what kind of sample can you give them uh, to understand that specific uh, passage that we just talked about on uh, the temptation in denying the Word of God? The, well, what I can probably use in that is uh, things that we know that that everybody has a practical and belief of, of what they were raised up in or taught. So if you if you go against your own belief and the belief of the word of God, then you know you're already setting yourself up for failure. Because if you know right from wrong, then why do wrong? Okay. And Tyrone, Island. Um, I want you to expound on the third verse here. On temptation was to defy the person of God and give a practical application to that. Practical application. Take and take and take and, you know, give, yeah, just a practical after reading that to, you know, the hearers on that third subject right there. Well, God is going to tempt you. I mean, the devil is going to tempt you to get you off your path, your straight and narrow. And he'll tempt you to money. He'll tempt you to women. He'll tempt you to men. He'll tempt you to gifts. He'll tempt you with fame. Right. However, in the reading of this, let the hearers know what this is all about. You know, how you can defy, you know, by, um, by what temptation, how that temptation was to defy the person of God. And here, reading out of this specific area here and then give the practical application. But let the hearers, you know, hear uh, what that is saying there. Read it to them. 
It says, temptation would be five, what to defy the person of God. Mm-hmm. Mark 4, 8 and 10. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, their splendor. All this I will give you, he said. You will bow down and worship me. The third temptation was on the, on the level to defy the person of God. This temptation involved the purpose of his coming into the world. Jesus came to redeem men, not to rule them. Satan's way, still followed by many, required no suffering of death, but Jesus chose God's way, the way of the cross. How to overcome the temptation? We know that the first Adam fell and did not overcome the temptation. Why? Because he was weak spiritually. What does that mean? Mm. What does that mean? That means not powered up. Wait, what? The, what, what is not that? Not having enough faith. Right. Not having and, enough and, faith. And not keeping his mind straight on God. Okay, but what else can be, you know, in that when when you talk about? Because I see will, will power. You know, because you have to be willing first. <laughs> That's what I see. Okay, real. But we praise the Lord for the second Adam, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's triumphant over Satan. How did the Lord Jesus Christ overcome temptation? First, by the leadership and power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. Matthew 4.1. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert. The Holy Spirit led Jesus. With his leadership and power, he was able to overcome the temptation. Jesus was not led by his natural desire. Sinful nature, that's a desire or sinful nature, but he lived in accordance with the spirit desire. He was not the same with Adam. He was led by his flesh mm-hmm. and not with his spirit by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the spiritual have their minds on what the spirit desires. Mm-hmm. The mind of the simple man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Give some, give some examples to that. What you know from that? What what kind of examples, practical applications? You know, something that calls for a hands-on experience from from that. Passage. Okay, those who live in the in the according to the simple way, they are seeking things to satisfy their flesh, money, wealth, women. Is, but they're not happy. Their spirit is not being fulfilled. They have that. They don't have that commitment with God. That communication with God. That spirit, man needs to fed spiritually. Then on the other hand, it says the mind of a simple man is death. The mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. When you wake up in the morning and you thank God just for breathing breath of life by seeing. The sunlight, the moon, by holding your significant other, mm-hmm. you know, by just opening your eyes. Right. So these are things. What about the Holy Spirit? It spoke about the Holy Spirit. What do we know about the Holy Spirit? What its job is to do, uh, you know, uh, uh, to help in the fight to keep you from falling? Job of the Holy Spirit, the government. See that, that second voice. When your flesh man try to tell you, oh, 
you need to go to a club tonight, you know, or you don't need to study, you know. Anything good is going to come from that spiritual man because it's only here to enhance you, to enhance your life, you know. But the, the simple man is going to tell you all, we can get it. It's going to help you put off today what you can do, put off tomorrow what you can do today. Instead of being straightforward and focused, put things off, you could not, you, uh, procrastinate. Sorry, procrastinate, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. Procrastinate, you know, laziness, mm-hmm. and those are all fears, you know, that's attacking you to stop you from being ambitious and moving. That's pretty good. You know, we have in the house evening Miss Diane Dean from Columbus State. And this is a powerful woman in the Lord, a prophet. And I'm going to ask her a question now. You know, she didn't know that she was going to be announced. However, however, you know, it is always good to hear how she perceives the job of the Holy Spirit to do in one's life to help them stay or become an overcomer. Diane, can you help us on the subject of the Holy Spirit? And what's his job to do to help a believer to be an overcomer of temptation and also to stay within, as Ivan was speaking about, uh, governing? What, what, what is your feedback on that, about the Holy Spirit and its job? Well, the Holy Spirit is an actual person. He's the very essence and personality of God that comes to live within us. His job is to reveal Christ, but we are to be Christ-like. We are to be like Christ. Um, The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. He will not, I I heard uh, Brenda mention, talking about, going against the word of God, mm-hmm. how you end up in temptation. Yes. Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit will not lead you into temptation. Holy Spirit will not go against the word of God. The Holy Spirit will remind you of the word of God, will remind you of what is right. right. The Holy Spirit will give you prompting mm-hmm. and unctions, you know, just, just a knowing. So you can sense like danger, okay, you may have a thought right. uh, of doing wrong, and the Holy Spirit is there. He will not force you, but he will prompt you. He will urge you on to continue in the ways of the Lord, to continue in uh, the things that you have been taught of God, the ways that you have been taught of God, yes. as she was saying. Mm-hmm. You know right from wrong. Right. You know right from wrong. But because he is a person and he is a gentleman, he will not force us to do anything. Yes. And you can override the Holy Spirit. So is that in in in, in conjunction of saying that when the, when the word has spoke that you are not to quench the Holy Spirit, which that means that you shouldn't uh, douse out the fire or that voice that is uh, uh, prompting you, that small voice that's within that says no, or the feelings of shame that comes in, and you know that it's a feeling of shame because it's telling you, don't do this, this is shameful, whatever, uh, when we 
douse out or quench the Holy Spirit the way we do, um, what we are doing is uh, dousing out the voice. Well, as you were saying, uh, quenching feelings of shame, the Holy Spirit does not condemn us. Right. But he will convict. Right. That's and a he better will, word. He That's will, right. He'll convict you and he will convince yes, you of sin. This is what the Word of God says. Okay. <clears throat> so um, you may be going, as uh, Brother Tyrone was saying, wanting to go out to a club or yes. being tempted by this person or this particular thing. The Holy Spirit will tell you, you know, you know that's wrong, okay? Right. And if you override him, because he's a gentleman, he's not going to grab you by the nape of your neck. Right. He's not going to put a ring to your nose that said, don't do that. What, what eventually happens is you can't hear that still, small voice anymore. When you quench him, what he'll do, he will sit down. He will sit down. Then you're no longer hearing those promptings. Yes. And then by your own asking, your own will, you say, oh, well, it must be okay because I'm not getting convicted or I'm not getting convinced. Right. It, 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 must, it must be all right. No, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Yes. He's not going to force himself. So he will sit down. But the men, and then if your heart, what happens is your heart becomes harder. And then what ends up happening, usually you end, you end up in a situation, something where you're very, it's very drastic, very desperate in order to crack that heart. Because your heart has become hardened, Absolutely. just like just like God told Moses to go tell Pharaoh, deliver, my, let my people go. He yes. said, but I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart because he wanted Pharaoh to see the extent of his power. That, that Pharaoh was not God, even though Absolutely. people revered him as God. Sin is a lot of times. It's like a Pharaoh. It's like a hard taskmaster. Well, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comment on that, Ms. Dean. I mean, if did nobody get it from that point of view, I guess they just don't get it, huh? Because this is all a part of what we have to do to become overcomers for real. All right? There is a call that is on the line, and I'm not for sure how to go about this getting this caller on. However, oh, well, then it looked as though like a... Uh, they have disappeared. So, but that's okay. That's okay. If you just want to listen in, that's all right with us. But thank you for at least uh, coming onto the show and listening. All right. Now, the the, the second way to overcome uh, temptation is by the power of the Word of God, and this is coming out of Matthew four, chapter four, four. Seven, verses 4, 7, and 10, okay? And, and it says here, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God that comes from the mouth of God, from every word that comes from the mouth of God, excuse me. Jesus was able with the power of the word of God to overcome the devil. There is such a power in the Word of God. Apostle Paul experienced this power in the Word of God. That is why he is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is power, it is, it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First the Jew, then for the Gentiles. This is also in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Word of God is our sword. 
with, with which we attack our tempter, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And when I look at that, I look at a practical application in this. Say, for instance, you know, our mamas and our daddies tell us when growing up, never smoke a cigarette. Or, you know, don't have sex until you're grown and married. Or, you know, um, um, don't go and rob a bank. Okay, and then you get out there, you know, and you got peer pressure going on. Now you got your own mind and you hang around people and different things. And then someone take and say, hey, you know, come on, smoke this joint with me. Or, hey, come on and smoke this cigarette with me. Or, oh, girl, you look good, you know, or, ooh, Ooh, that guy looks good over there. And you go over there to tempt the person to do these things. And, uh, and, and what happens is if the person that is being tempted don't know what his mama and daddy said to them when they was growing up, saying, no, my mama said we ain't supposed to be smoking cigarettes, and my mama and daddy said that I ain't supposed to have no sex until I'm married to the man that's supposed to bury me. Or, you know, no, uh, we ain't getting with them smelly, smelly weed. You know what I'm saying? No, you know, um, I, my, my daddy said it ain't no good. He said he been through it. You know what I'm saying? That's what how you would attack, you know, a tempter based up off of what you was learning by your mama and daddy from home. This will be the same way how it is done by reading the word of God and when the enemy come to test you on subjects that even might even be on that or the, or the steal or the bow down to me and worship me because I'm all that in a bag of chips, I'm Miss Goddess or whatever the case may be, you can say, uh-uh, uh-uh. In the Word of God, it says this. In the Word of God, Matthew 4, chapter 4, 4, 7, and 10, it says, it is written <laughs> that man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God, you know. And so by using, you know, what you're being taught by the Holy Spirit and, and through the Word of God, you are able when one come with Bible verses at you trying to get you to do bad in the name of God's word and on the power of God's word, you can also strike back with the sword of God and say, the devil is a liar, and this is why, because daddy said blah, 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 and that comes out of Matthew 4, Genesis 2, or whatever you want to call it, okay? So the end hereof is this, and we're getting ready to take a small break, is that, the you know, the third thing uh, in order to be an overcomer, obviously this would be by the power of prayer and fasting. And you can find this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Jesus was known for his prayer. Very often... He was praying and looking, um, I think it is Mark right here, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Jesus was praying and fasting, and therefore he was able to overcome the temptation. We leaders today need to learn this lesson from Jesus. And so I'll go to you, uh, uh, Brenda, and I will ask from you, 
how do you see that verse as a practical application or, an, or illustration of a person that don't fast or don't pray? What can happen to them? Well, first of all, when, when you're going in prayer and you fast, and it, it gives you the clearness to allow your spirits to be able to speak mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and to guide you properly. But if you're hungry and you're looking to defeat those from the material world, then your focus is not on the spiritual that they should be inside of you. It's more focused on the needs of the, the, your natural desires for what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, and that's a good example. Very good example. What about you, uh, Mr. Island Smalls? Do you have any last words on, you know, uh, a practical application for those that fast and pray that become overcomers in 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 Christ versus one that don't fast or don't pray, don't read the Word of God or whatever. You know, do you do? Can you use that in a, a practical application? What can happen to them? You know, if they don't apply what they what they've learned. Well, if you don't say your word, be sidetracked. No, um, you can you can develop your own doctrine. Ooh, now that's a, that's that's good. That's good. Explain that. Now break that down. We're going on a break, y'all, but I, that's a good one right there. I want to know about that one. Okay, well, creating your own doctrine is, well, I can go to church only on Sunday, one Sunday out of the month. Well, I don't have to go to church at all. You know, God said if, you, if the Bible says you commune, you have to go to church to commune with other saints. You know, that way you get fed, you get led, you get growth, you know. So I don't have to go to church. I don't have to be around nobody. That's, that's, that's developing your own, your own doctrine, that's you know. That's right there. That's a point. Right. That's a major point. That's good stuff. Right but those who do fast and pray and subject their bodies to to, let's say, um, subject their body to to be obedient, okay. to be obedient. That's good That's Some people good. don't want to push away that plate. Right. Some people don't want to push away that drink. Some right. people don't want to push away, you know, just the, the football games, right. the basketball games. You know, sometimes you got to relax your mind and give it to God. you got to meditate. you got to pray. Sometimes you just got to get focused on you sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. So as you fast and pray, God will lead you, you know, and we gotta we have to quit trying to do things our way, you know. That's the bottom line. Our way is not the best way, you know, and that carnal mind will lead you. you it surely ain't God. It surely ain't God's way. The Elijah Wright said it surely isn't God's way. So you know, our way might work for a little hit of time. That's all. That's that's all of time. And then after that, you get frustrated about that, you know. That's enough drinking. I'm tired of drinking. My problem's still here. That's enough, you know, wine and dying, going out, running through the movies, just trying to – some people are shopaholics. Some people love to spend money on clothes just to get away from the house, get away from the family, get away from – oh, girl, it's a shop at – it's what? At the mall? Okay. Come get me, come get me, come get me. Oh, tomorrow, oh, what? At what mall? Oh, come get me, come – why are you still running around – it's not taking your mind. It's not helping you. Give it to God. Thank you. That's a great example. Great example. Right. Absolutely. Great examples. Thank you, Brenda and, and Island, for 
you know, those comments and realistic views, practical applications to, you know, what the Bible is talking about when you have lived it and been through it, been there and done it. So, but we're going to take a break, and we will be back, and we will talk more on how to become an overcomer, all right? We'll be back right here on Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show.
That was Caribbean Crossover, Instrumental Jam Mix. Now I'm back to the Lardy Miss Clardy Show. Okay. Um, now, the conclusion, we're back on the subject of overcoming, becoming an overcomer in, in Christ Jesus. Of course, you know, this, is, this has been a learning lesson for all of us that are here bringing information even unto you. Because we have to have the knowledge as well. It's a teaching even for us. So don't think that you're alone and by yourself out there. We all are being taught about how to become an overcomer, especially after dealing with abusive people that abuse you in the spirit, you know, and abuse you with words and, and with, with, with religion and, and, and God's power and stuff. And what, what was that island that you said, you know, that they, uh, you know, reinvent? The wheel, the <laughs> yeah, reinvent the doctrine and carry it on. Can I give you an example? Yeah, give an example. Well, my mother had a, a, a recreated her doctrine. <laughs> Every day after we get through doing our homework, cleaning up the house, doing our chores, I'm five years old. You know, I'm the youngest of all the children except for one little sister. Mm-hmm. And we, her doctrine was to have prayer on our knees every day of your life. Now, as children, we obeyed our parents, and today I'm proud and I'm glad that she was like that. But um, there was many times when we woke up in the morning to go to school off our knees. You know, we wake up, we was on our knees all night. We prayed <laughs> all night long. Oh, you get up and you can't walk because you get on your knees, sleep. Mm-hmm. That was my mom's doctrine. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it causes the kids to... They forget about going to church for a while when they grow up. Like, uh huh. Listen, I I need to get get me in right now because I didn't did Jesus all through all through until I was grown all day and all night. I can understand, but then it also says in the Word. Oh, here we go again using the Word of God. Train up in the child in the way it should go, and when it grows old, he will never depart from it. So no matter how far they think they want to swim in the ocean, out there with the sharks and everything else, but when they wake up and smell the coffee, they're coming back to the first love, which was right. Jesus, right. that they were taught from birth, all the way from childhood, those that have had the up upbringing and the training, okay? So, you know, definitely we do know that it has its benefits in the future. <laughs> Even though we be running, doing our own thing, doing us, doing we be. <laughs> okay, quit. Okay, let's go further. All right, so the conclusion on, on uh, being an overcomer, how to overcome the temptations, the conclusion is let's go out and do the same thing. Let's teach others to do it, all right? And so we can't teach you. We can only give you the information, and we can only share with you what, what testimonies we have and been there, done it, and oh, we just got out, you know. <laughs> and some of us have still got a toe in there, but, you know, they got nine of them out, but at least they got a testimony, okay, to tell you that all things is possible through God. You know, all things is possible through Christ, you know. So we would like to make sure that you know that we are teaching ourselves while we are bringing information to you. We are no better than you. 
So now we go on to the next uh, to the next um, to the next subject, and that subject is hmm. now the next subject is on knowing no how to receive forgiveness and eternal life and overcome the devil. All right. Now, in this segment, this is well. This particular uh, article is is uh, Brenda the Writer's Light. Um, the Writer's Light. Yeah, the Writer's Light. I'm backwards in day now. <laughs> the light. Yeah, hey, the, the Writer's Light. Now, the right is light. Look, I've got the. I got the. I got it. I got it, y'all. Listen, the Writer's Light will expound on this subject on how to receive forgiveness and eternal life and how to overcome the devil. And, again, um, I don't see no callers, but I keep seeing this one, 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 one on this uh, on this switchboard. But I don't see no simple numbers, of uh, single numbers coming up. So if you are out there and you want to call in, um, call in at the call-in number. I am here I, uh, at 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And we've been having trouble uh, trying to see you on the switchboard uh, for those that are trying to call. Um, we found that there were callers that actually was live that were wanting to talk, not ones that are just listening, but those that want to talk. But for some odd reason, uh, the switchboard is not uh, uh, pulling up your number where I can call you and for you to speak your piece uh, over, the, over the live, over the uh, show. Um, I keep seeing this one, 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 but... I don't see no 614 or no 513 numbers, area codes popping up anywhere. So please, just if you want to call in, call in at the, at the number that I've given you at 347-884-8684, and we'll do all we can to try to get you on. Um, forgive us if we cannot, but don't stop listening to us. Brenda? Give us what you got in this article. Where are you coming from in this article? Okay, Wendy, I'm coming out of www.battlefocus.org slash gospel story. This article here is on how to receive forgiveness and eternal life and overcome the devil. It says here, now salvation is strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren, to accuse them before our God, day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. And they did not live in their lives to the death. They did not love their lives to the death. Correction. Okay. That was, that was coming out of uh, Revelation 12 chapters verses 10 and 11. Okay, it says, Jesus Christ gave the following order to the Apostle Paul. Notice the following words. I'm going to read these words to you before I read this uh, little passage. The words are open 
I turn from to and receive by faith in me. Now, as I read this passage, it's coming out of Acts 26, chapter verses 17 and 18. It says, I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Now I'm going to go down here to some other passages that came along with it. It says the first one is to realize that without Christ we are all sinners and separated from God. Now coming out of Romans, third chapter, verses 23, all have sinned and, and fall short of the glory of God. And also coming out of Romans, the sixth Chapter 23rd is the wages of sin is death. Now for number two of that is recognize God's provision. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. That is also coming out of Romans 6 chapter 23rd verse. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is in uh, Romans as well, 5th chapter, 8 verse. And this is coming out of Colossians. Colossians, well, I don't know why I keep mixing that up. It's all cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wendy. Okay, this is coming from the uh, first chapters, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. The third one is returning, I mean, repent, turning from sin to God and ask him to save you. Now, how old is a person that's supposed to do that? I'm going to jump in here just for a minute. And, and you know, what is the practical explanation of how those things can be? Do, do we always have to be at a church? You know, I don't think do it always has to be at a church. I, I believe if you can uh, take your, your your personal responsibility of owning up to what is going on in your life that you know is not right and ask God for forgiveness, then you are subject yourself down for a walk of doing repentance. Hmm. You know, and or, well, you know, because you can receive, you know, Christ right here in your own home. Yes, you can. You know, yes, uh, you, can. you know, it don't all the time have to be at a church. Some people don't feel comfortable in churches. Some churches ain't right for some people. And then, you know, some of those that are family members that may have been saved and they're at home and they feel as though uh, they can turn to them and tell them about the problem and confess the problem and still get a deliverance and right. still receive, right. you know, Christ in their life right there uh, with the family members. So I'm assuming that... Salvation, you can get it in anywhere, any place, you know, as long as you, your heart is sincerely contrite or sorrowful for the crimes you have committed to yourself and to other people. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I know I said crimes. I mean, because they is. They crimes. Crimes we do to ourselves and crimes we invite people to do with us 
Okay, so you know, I mean, it's just like court, you know. Right. You know, I mean, they call it uh, aiding and betting. You know, <laughs> you know, they call it aiding and betting. So, uh, so you you accomplish to the crime, you gotta pay the time, you know. And they gonna get the one that started the collusion in the first place. So. Uh, I don't see no difference. So, you know, repent in court or repent, you know, at home or in church. One, two, you're going you go to have to repent. That's right. Good later. That's right. Go ahead. Okay. It says That's that good. Thank you. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's coming out of 1 John, 6 chapters, verses 4 and 5. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's coming out of Romans, 10th chapter, verses 9 to 13. This also is coming out of Romans, uh, 5th chapter, verse 1. Receive God's gift of forgiveness and life and rejoice in his love and peace. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's coming out of Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. The fifth is share his gift with others. Uh-huh. Now, that should be that should be great. Yeah, that's that's. That's really it, you know. Right. If you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, why not, why not share? share it? Right. This is coming out of Revelation, chapter 12, verses 11. They overcome, came him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's right. And they did not love their lives to death. And then out of Acts, chapter 26, verse 17 says, I now send you. Now, on, on the specific uh, uh, quote that you spoke on where it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What does it mean, you know, to, uh, uh, what does it mean when they say they overcame him by the word of their testimony? What does that mean? Well, I have a testimony myself, so I'm going to just take it the way I think that I'm perceiving it. I I believe that whenever we go through our trials and tribulations, it gives us a chance to see and respect the word of God because we already know from where we came from that where we wasn't at at that point of happiness to where we are able to now uh, speak up and be glorified and, and be happy and receive the gift of happiness. Hmm. That's, 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 pretty, that's pretty good, yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, and through through knowing this, uh, this change has happened, 
is this how others will uh, want to come in to believe and want to uh, come in and want that same uh, uh, victory in Christ? I mean, uh, every, everyone has a desire for to have that, that uh, joyful feeling, but then everybody's testimony is different in every spirit that's in every person. Some is not as strong as others. So it's, it's, it's up to how that person perceives what's going on with the inner spirit. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's, that's, that's good reading. Um, oh, yeah, you can. Go right on ahead. The more the merrier. A lot of people don't realize that by giving your testimony, it uplifts you. Mm-hmm. It glorifies God, mm-hmm. and it makes you stronger. Absolutely. And it helps to make them stronger, you, it you makes, say? It helps they, the person who's giving yeah. the testimony more stronger. What about and, to the person they're giving it to? What well, does it do for them? Well, it's plant a seed. We don't know what it's going to do for them. Amen. You know, it's going to plant a seed. That's all we try to do is plant a seed. Okay. We plant a seed by letting you know that God still lives. You know, I'm letting you know what he's doing in my life, what he's done for me in my right. life. Mm-hmm. Now, you can accept it or you can reject it. You must be willing. Okay, that's why you got to take the ball and run with it, or you going to drop the ball, one of the two. Well, so, okay, you know, um, you know, there was a point in time when I was in church a while back ago, I mean a long while back ago at this particular church where everybody had got up and they was talking about their testimony of how far God had brought them from, from you know, all the things that they were, uh, they were involved in and how they praised God for those things. And there I was sitting over there, uh, you, you know, on the inside that I really, you know, I, I know that where God had brought me from, from other aspects of my life, uh, whether it was, you know, smoking or drinking or whatever I was doing. But on this particular day, I was still over trying to have a testimony if somebody would help me, you know, get over smoking weed. I'm serious. So I got up. And I told the testimony of where God had brought me from, you know, through the trials and tribulations of having children, young, and blah, blah, blah. But I said, but I have this one problem that I would like to overcome and also use as a testimony of how God can deliver me from this weed. You know what I'm saying? And do you know that they laughed at me? Yes, they did. They laughed at me. And then after it was all over with, do you know that I didn't get no help from that church? But I can say because I told on that demon that had me going through what I was going through, that at that very moment that I asked for the help, <laughs> that I was delivered from it and I didn't smoke no more. Now, that right there was a testimony all by itself that if you tell on the spirit that is in you that got you doing this stuff, tell on what it is that you're doing at the time you're doing it, tell on it, go somewhere and tell the congregation, tell somebody, you know, and when you tell on yourself, that also is a deliverance all alone and by itself, you know, and that right there uh, is my testimony to to uh, to show how God has has brought me through from an issue that I had by telling on what I was doing now. We know what he done for me back then, but I'm stuck on this. What can y'all do to help me? <laughs> because I'm, I'm telling it. 
and and I ended up having that deliverance. So that I'm using as a testimony for sure to let it be known that you can by telling on yourself. You know that I'd have done this and I'd have done that. Somebody helped me, and in that very hour or that very day, you know, it's gone, and that's what it did for me. So the next uh, subject that we're going to talk on, and I want to thank you, Brenda, for that uh, nice article you read in and Tyrone for you know the comments that you these comments that you have are very very powerful. Both of you, you know, and I'm, I'm really thankful for them, you guys, you know, helping me in delivering this information to give the people knowledge of what to do to walk in their faith and to, to help in the healing of what they may be going through and then how to seek deliverance, you know, so that they can, too, become an overcomer. I really thank you for, you know, uh, for, for being here today and helping me through uh this process. Uh, now, the next subject that we're going to talk on is how to become an overcomer, all right? And this one, this article is going to be read through Tyrone Island Small, and he is going to give us the honor, you know, at what God got to say about how to become an overcomer. So, Tell us where you're coming out of this particular article, uh, Island, and, and let's hear it. I'm coming out of cometochrist.org, and this is How to Become an Overcomer. One, the biblical definition of to overcome. To overcome is scripture, means to hear God's voice, then to follow it in obedience and perseverance. It means to endure to the end, despite suffering, shame, rejection, and death. As it is written, they, the saints, overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Revelation 12:11. To overcome does not mean to obtain success recognition, acceptance, or prestige in the world or in the church. It does not mean to achieve health, wealth, prosperity, or popularity. Jesus calls us to overcome. Jesus calls us to overcome. This was clearly expressed in his letter to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in paradise of God, in the paradise of God, Revelation 2.7. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death, Revelation 2.11. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a name written on it, known only to him who receives it. Revelation 2.17. To him who overcomes and does not, I'm sorry, and, and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nation. Revelation 2.26. He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. Revelation 3.5. 
him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God, and will I also write on him my new name. Revelation 3.12 To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 2.21 How to become an overcomer. Fall in love with Jesus. If any army does not have a clear vision about what it is fighting for, the army is doomed to be defeated. In the same way, if a Christian does not have a vision, he will soon lose focus and become overwhelmed by the circumstances and temptations of the world. Let me repeat that for you. He will soon lose focus and become overwhelmed by the circumstances and temptations of the world. My bills are behind. I need new clothes for my children. I don't have any food in the refrigerator. Little problems turn to big ones. It takes your mind off of God. You're focused on what you're living for, and it starves the spiritual man. What is our vision? This is our vision, the love of God. This is what we should live and die for. For among all the gifts in heaven, the most precious and fulfilling gift is God himself and his love. Mm-hmm. Read that one more time. For among all the gifts in heaven, the most precious and fulfilling gift is God himself and his love. When Jesus calls us to overcome, he first calls us to enter into his love. His love is not ordinary fondness, but deep affection, strong passion, stronger than any worldly zeal. God desires us to know his affection for us and to respond to him with also a deep affection. Because he first loved us so passionately and with such jealousy, as the Song of Songs put it, Take me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Song of song. You know, we're, we're, we're going to stop right there, and I want to see if there is a caller online. And I am going to ask for the caller that is online, you are on the line. If you've got anything you want to speak on, stand up, speak up on it right now. You're on Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show. Oh, well, now the call just went off again. Boy, that's all right. We're just glad that you know that you are listening in, that's for sure. So, okay, well, On the subject of what you're talking about, what I want to do before we get further into how to become an overcomer on the second part of what you're going to talk about, Ty, I want to ask you, in that phase right here about the place, uh, this particular uh, song song here, what is it saying there? Place me like a seal over your heart. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. Mm-hmm. When he's saying, place me, he's saying, Lord, place me over your heart. Well, he's saying the Lord is speaking to him, saying, place me over his heart uh-huh. and over his arm uh-huh. as a seal. And there is love. He letting him know that his love is stronger than death. Yes. Now, death is very powerful. Now, it's, 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 jealousy is unyielding as the grave. That means it, once the grave got you, it's got you. Right. There's no digging out. There's no crawling out. There's no coming out. Yeah. Now That's I, God's love for us. Put that in practical use if that was between a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, a spouse, you know, in this, in, this, in this particular chapter about looking at that jealousy, even though we know that jealousy is a holy thing because he's jealous. He don't want nobody to serve him except, you know, he don't want nobody to serve anybody else except him. That's the jealousy, mm-hmm. all right? But if you was to put this in a practical term for, say, like, for instance, you know, uh, you know, a husband and wife that is supposed to be in God, a girlfriend, boyfriend that's supposed to be in God, and, you know, and you find, uh, you know, that they are not doing God's bid, how would that jealousy, you know, take place? Well, if they're not strong in God or strong in their word, like I said, they create their own doctrine, meaning that it's all right for me to feel this way. Right. It's all right to lose control. Right. But the Holy Spirit in us will help us govern that. Okay. You, we all have human feelings. We all have a little bit of jealousy. We all have a little bit of love, passion, what have you, you know, but you have to be moderate. Do everything in moderation. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. It helps us moderate it. So we won't be overzealous, overjealous, overenvious. You know, you can't love too much, so you can never be overloving. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good one right there. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, when, I, I was just reading over this part when you just read over it, too. When Jesus calls us to overcome, he first calls us to enter into his love. This is not an ordinary fondness, but deep affection, strong passion, stronger than any worldly zeal. God God desires us to know his affection for, uh, for us and to respond to him with also a deep affection because he first loved us so passionately and with such jealousy, you know, I mean, you know, I, if I, I, I'm looking at that, too, and I'm saying, hmm, I said, and if we don't serve him, he casts you on out into in the outer darkness somewhere from disobedience, you know, or uh, because you're so hard-headed, you know, that uh, he can turn you over to a reprobate mind because he don't want you to serve nothing, nothing over him. I mean, don't love your spouse, don't love your boyfriend, don't love your children, don't love your house, don't love your car, don't love your clothes, don't love your money more than God, more than Jesus. Or you don't deserve it. Or you don't deserve it. And I will take it away because I gave it to you. Mm, mm, Good, 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 good. I like that. I like that. Well, what we're going to do now is 
We're going to take a short pause for the call, and we'll be right back to finish up on the subject of how to become an overcomer, and we will be right back.
uh, what's being said in these articles because we are here to make ourselves available in any way we can to help those that may be going through situations that they can't find themselves out of. And if you need to talk about it, we here at the Garden Myth Party on Blog Talk Radio Show is willing to do whatever we can, do the research, come with the articles, whatever, to, uh, to help uh, give a solution to a problem or, you know, just to give information that may be helpful to you. And we want to thank you all for coming on to the show and listening. So, Tyrone Island Smalls, please give us more on the article on how to become an overcomer. Jesus is worthy of our deepest love and affection. He is our sacrifice, our advocate, our brother, bearing our human form, before the Father's throne, and through eternal ages, one with the race he has redeemed, the Son of Man, and all this that man might be uplifted from the ruin and degradation of sin, that he might reflect the love of God and share the joy of holiness. Ellen D. White, Steps to Christ, Chapter 1. Love, mercy, and compassion were revealed in every act of his life. His heart went out in tender sympathy to the children of men. He took, he took man's nature, that he might reach man's wants. The poorest and the humblest were not afraid to approach him. Even little children were attracted to him. They loved to climb upon his knees and gaze into his pensive eyes, face, benignant with love. God desires us to be in love with him. Without falling in love with Jesus, it is impossible to overcome. Without falling in love with Jesus, it is impossible to overcome. That is why in in the very first letter of the seven churches, Jesus calls the saints in Ephesus to return to their first love. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who, come, who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. Revelation 2, 2 through 3. Now, I made a note of this because this is very serious in anyone's life. When you stop praying, fasting, serving God, and try to do things your carnal way, your fleshly way, try to do things your way, that's when we try to seek things to fulfill our lives because we don't have God in it. We don't have the spirit of God in it. It's still there, but it's not connected because we have been disobedient. We have turned our ears off to the voice. We are trying to do things our way. So I say, go back to your first love. And here it states, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the heights from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your left stand from its place 
but you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Revelation 2, 4 through 6. See that the church of emphasis was a remarkable church, nearly perfect. Repeating, nearly perfect. They were faithful. They were labored hard for the gospel. They had discernment. They did not tolerate wicked men. They were not deceived by false apostles. They hated false doctrine. They endured hardship for God's name. But, that's a key word, but, Jesus warned them of this very subtle danger. You have forsaken your first love. What was their first love? Their first love was the zeal, the joy, the excitement, the deep affection, the sweet intimacy, the childlike attachment to God they once had when they first experienced God's love. Ooh. That's good. Don't y'all remember that? Yeah. That's good. We were trying to hold the tongue from moving. When they were baptizing you, carrying with you in church. Sometimes you felt it when one, some, some people felt it at the church and some people felt it when they got home. But you felt that newness. You felt that night, that likeness of God. You felt like floating through the air. Woo, I feel like I'm floating through this world, this roof in this room right now. <laughs> you remember it. Man, don't you wish you had that joy back? Yeah, we all try, but we try the wrong way. Right. Let me get another drink. Let yeah. me smoke a joint. And some go further. Yeah. Some try to pacify through food. Yeah. Some through shopping, as we spoke earlier about. That's right. Some through working too hard. Let me get another job. Let me get another job. Let me just stay busy. Let me just stay busy. When you're laying in that bed, it all comes back to you. When you're sober, it all comes back to you. But Jesus warned them of this very subtle danger. You have forsaken your first love. What was their first love? Their first love was the zeal, the joy, the excitement, the deep affection, the sweet intimacy, the childlike attachment to God they once had when they first experienced God's love. In other words, they had lost their vision. Finally, the blind. I'm going to club. I'm going to club with you. I'm going to club with you and going to club with you. All come back home miserable. They became work-oriented, became independent and self-sufficient, became detached from God. This is the start of an all-spiritual downfall. Therefore, Jesus warned them, remember the height from which you have fallen. Revelation 2, 5. So the first calling of the conference is fall in love with Jesus. This was expressed in one of the conference them songs, theme songs, I'm sorry. The point of the heart to the Lord. Oh, Lord, would you broaden my mind? I want to embrace your wondrous love. Lord, center my eyes on you like doves. I want to serve you with all my heart. Oh, Lord, give me courage and a brave heart that I be standing firm to the end. Lord, make me gentle and meek in heart that I may comprehend your mercy, 
your tender kindness. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I want to know the passions of your heart. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, you are like precious myrrh hidden within my heart. The most beautiful dream could I have is on the sea of glass and before your throne. By the dawn, golden, glorious light, all day long to you I say, Lord, I love you. When Jesus calls us to overcome, he first calls us to enter into his love. Then he calls us to enter into his death. To enter into Jesus' death means to renounce the world, to give up all our worldly ambitions, solely live for him. Solely live for him. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2.20. Jesus asked us to take our, up our own cross, to follow him, to be faithful to him even unto death. Now, to be faithful to him even unto death. This spiritual being, our Jesus, is asking us to be faithful to him unto death. And some of us won't even die for our own mother and father. Some of us won't even die for our own sisters and brothers. Won't even give them a kidney if they need it. Won't even give them a glass of water. This sounds easy in words, but you know how hard it is for a man to lay down his life. So we must be willing to lay down your life, meaning your fleshly life, to sacrifice it for God, your spiritual man, to live. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, Matthew sixteen twenty four. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10, 37. So, to the, so the second calling of the conference is we must die to ourselves. Without first entering into Jesus' love, it is impossible to enter into his death. On the other hand, without entering into Jesus' death, we cannot enter into his love to the fullest because our natural self is enmity to God, separated. Any reservation for our sinful self is an obstacle to prevent us to love him. Therefore, in order to live in God, we must die to ourselves. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. Matthew sixteen twenty five. Thank you. Thank you. That's good reading right there, Island. Thank you for sharing that with us and to the hearers here on the Block Talk Radio Show. Now we have another uh, article that needs to be read. And I guess that article, it will be based upon what does it mean to be an overcomer? Okay, and and so I guess uh, all three of us are uh, we're going to uh, 
read a few bars that's from this, this article that we have on what does it mean to be an overcomer. And it's coming out of rapture-soon.net slash sermon slash overcomer.html. And I'll read from this particular article. Uh, well, actually, I'll have Brenda to read from the article. Somebody has one, two, and three, right? Okay. So, uh, Brenda, you know, okay, from from a few bars, uh, because, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time, but we want to go get through some things to get to the meat of it. Uh, read a couple of those specific uh, um Meaning, and what does it mean to be an overcomer to the hearers and the us, of course? Okay. This here is coming out of Raptures, hypensoon.net, that sermon, that overcomer.html. Okay. It says, what does it mean to be an overcomer? I'm going I'm to start with coming out of uh, Romans, uh, chapter 12, verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The passage that goes with that is, it's different with each person. Really only you and God knows what's in your life that you can overcome, to be in perfect sync with him and his will for your life. But we know you must overcome evil with good. An overcomer is someone that has made the decision to follow Jesus Christ and all his teachings, no matter what. True overcomer has put Jesus above everything else on earth. In other words, Jesus is more important to the overcomer than his or her home, car, money, or even family. Okay, Jesus must be more important to me than my spouse and children. It says, Jesus is your Lord and Master, and he must be the most important person in your life if you are able to be in perfect sync with him and his will. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, Tyrone, uh, I would like you to read from your, your, your uh, part of what does it mean to be an overcomer. Just a few bars from there, you know, that's the meat of it, and um, and we'll just round robin a little bit here, you know, to, to get things out and get the meaning, everybody would know the meaning of what it is, what it, what it is to become an overcomer and what does it mean to be an overcomer. All right. Beholding Christ means studying his life as given in his word. Mm-hmm. We are to dig for truth as for hidden treasures. We are to fix our eyes upon Christ. Mm-hmm. When we take him as our personal Savior, this gives us boldness to approach the throne of grace. By beholding, we become changed, morally assimilated to the one who is perfect in character. By receiving his imputed righteousness through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, we become like him. The image of Christ is cherished, and it captivates the whole being. Ooh, hallelujah. That's the base of the whole being. That's good. The true seeker who is striving to be like Jesus is in word, 
life, and character will contemplate his Redeemer and, by beholding, become changed into his image. That's what we thrive for. All right. All right. And, you know, that's good stuff right there. Thank you. Thank you for that out of that article. And I guess I'm going to come in and, and jump in and speak on what part that he says here. And like in Revelation 3, uh, chapter 3 and 21, the verse 21, it says, To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as also I, uh, even as I also overcame, and I'm set down with my Father in His throne. Now Jesus didn't say that every Christian would be an overcomer. He didn't say every Christian will rule with Him. He only said that the overcomers would have these privileges. Okay, and then it goes down further and it speaks. In First John, chapter three, two, verse two through three, beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and every man that has this hope. In him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And then in First John chapter 2, 28 through 29, it says, And now, little children, abide in me, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence. And confidence is the word. And not be ashamed before him at his coming. If we, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteous is born of him. And then the last bit on this subject would be, he says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now, this means watch and look for signs of rapture. Talk about the rapture. Keep it alive in your mind and in your heart and hope for it every single day. And live like you know the rapture is just around the corner. Walk with Jesus in every way that you are worthy to be taken in the rapture if it happened today. So he also says, I want to make it very clear that being saved through the blood of Jesus Christ is not the same as being an overcomer. To be saved, all you have to do is believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and ask him to forgive you and come into your heart and life and make you a new creature. What I am talking about here is this article is becoming an overcomer someone worthy of receiving rewards and becoming a king and rule with Jesus Christ. Now you may say, I don't care about that. I just want to get into heaven. Well, when you think of how long we will be in heaven, why would you not want to be next to Jesus 
In fact, if you even love Jesus, would you not want to be an overcomer to please him? If you don't love Jesus, you need to pray because you have a major problem and you need to get it right with God now. He says, faith in him isn't the way to eternal life in heaven. It is also to be our way of life here and now. If we believe in Jesus, we will follow him. Christ's sheep hears his voice and submits to his leadership. We are to worship him. As we grow in our love for and trust in the Savior, our natural response will be to adore and praise him. Share him. We will want everyone to know this wonderful God who rescued us and transformed our lives. Look for his coming. To be with Jesus face to face is our greatest hope and joy. This is the only breath in comparison to the time we'll spend with him in eternity. Many people email and say they feel so unworthy and will I miss the rapture. This could mean you have a conscious of a pro- that you have this means this could mean you have a consciousness of a problem. I remember in 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 the second segment, uh, Island, when you talked about the conscious. You know, when you know that you realization and knowing that you got a problem. Remember that? Yes, I remember. You know, and and that's the consciousness that he's talking about here in this article about this problem. And this is something that may be totally lacking in the foolish ones, and that's a good thing. But if you truly love Jesus and you are doing your best, then it is the devil wearing you down. Then it is a bad thing, okay? So if I was to to have a last question and answer debate, I will be asking my co-hosts these questions for them to ask, I mean, to answer. Um, in, sum, in, in summary uh, of what we have talked about today, Brenda, uh, in your own words, what, and, and, and applying it to your life, how would you view this show? this show of what we have talked about, especially as being an overcomer. Well, we have to fight me with a lot of information for my own personal self. There's a, a lot of things that I've, I've had in perspective and a lot of things that I didn't have in perspective. But after listening, listening to some of the things that we've kind of researched on and talked about, it's all coming to light with me, and it's helping my spirit grow a lot kinder and stronger. Well, thank you. You know what? And that's a good thing, too, for all of us, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs Yeah, that's good stuff, you know, because you got to apply you got to apply the knowledge and even the stuff that you read up on to see how it applies in your own life, you yes, know? That's right, because even, even as we go through some of the things, the topics that we do on this show, a lot of information for those viewers out there. We take in consideration for our own personal use, and sometimes we all go through things that we ain't proud about, but we sometimes don't want to hear half of it, but we have to come come to light with it. 
That's right. And Tyrone Island Smalls, in your own words, here, wait a minute, because we have to do this. In your own words, you know, at, 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 at what we have talked about on this show as being an overcomer, where do you feel that it might have, even for you in sharing with the hearers, so that we can, we can show them that we are learning and we are going through things ourselves as overcomers? Where do you think that this would apply even to your own life? Well, I have to say in my own life, sometimes you have to make a choice, and the choice is to follow God. There are many things in your life you might have to come, decisions you might have to come across, and some of them you don't even agree upon yourself, you know, like to leave your spouse behind or to walk out the house before something worse happens. You know, sometimes you got to listen to that inner voice. That God, man, instead of sitting there fussing, instead of sitting there arguing, sitting there contemplating, sitting there taunting, sitting there nagging, sitting there getting on someone else's nerves and taking your household off of one accord. I've learned that if you and your partner stay on one accord, everything will run much, much smoother. How would it apply as you as being an overcomer for yourself? You know, how does it apply for you, you know, as an overcomer? What did you do to, to be an overcomer? Because you had to have a testimony at how you overcame it. Okay. You asked me, what have I done to become an overcomer? No, how does it, you know, as your testimony, as my testimony. How, how did God help you to overcome, you know, some of the obstacles that you were facing in your life? Well, God has helped me to overcome many things, um, from being crippled, from being hit by a car, going 155 miles an hour to walking again, to being addicted on drugs, to being off of drugs, to persevere through the life struggles of not being able to find a job or having um, relationship problems. God has been there through thick and thin. And when you try to do things your way or when I did try to do things my way, it don't work my way. So when you say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm willing to let you, and I'll take the back seat and ride, you know, because it's not working my way. It never works our way. And then when you just say, as I said in that one song, Jesus, take the wheel, the minute you say, Jesus, take the wheel, just that quick, it is fixed. Yeah. Just that quick, it is over. And you said, I've been trying to fix this for a year and a half now. I've been trying to fix this for seven months now. But just that quick, when I decide to just give it to the Lord, give it to God, follow his lead, he walked you right through like butter. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. but I did want to read one more insert. Okay. Um, okay, go right on ahead. And this is coming from RaptureSoon.net, and I'll make it fast. If you cheat on your spouse or cheat people at your job or place of business, or if you don't forgive others of the things that they do to you, 
The truth is, I could go on giving reasons all day that would prevent you from being an overcomer. But I think you get the point, and that is, if there is sin in your life, you must get rid of it. To be an overcomer, you have to remove all sins in your life that you commit on a daily or weekly basis. But how can I live a good life and a holy life? Because greater in he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4 and 4. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Boy, these articles can really, really help someone out there just like it's helping us here. And, you know, and as a testimony even to myself as being an overcomer, the first thing is to forgive. Now, that's a hard thing to do when you have been really, really hurt and disappointed. And, you know, and, and being in the, in the position that I find myself in and hearing from other people that talk about their lives have been, uh, 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 you know, where, where they couldn't forgive their brother or couldn't forgive their spouse or couldn't forgive this because they was hurt so bad. I am thankful through recognizing that I had a problem of forgiving and that it did take fasting and prayer for some things that you, do, that you will find even damnable to even forgive. But God is able and all things is possible with God when you lay down your own feelings, thoughts, and emotions and give God a try. Give God a right in your life to make it better. Because when you are not in a forgiving mode, there is nothing you do until you do forgive will come out right. There is no overcoming. There is no victory. But the moment that you put it in your heart, and this is my testimony, how I overcame, overcame not forgiving was by fasting and praying over an issue that I felt as though it didn't, it didn't need my forgiveness. Just leave me alone. But God said, the devil is a liar, Wendy. You are a believer. You are my child, and I taught you better than that. Now, you come on and get with me so that I can erase your memory and erase your feelings about how you feel about me because you can't talk to anyone and you can't help anyone until first you recognize your own problem and then forgive yourself and then forgive the person that done it to you because it wouldn't have been able to do it unless you wasn't thinking in your own way and letting it happen. And so, therefore, I can't blame nobody. And that's what I'm saying to all the hearers out there. If you find yourself where you can't forgive, just remember you had a responsibility in it. And that if you take up your responsibility in it, then it would be easy to forgive and it will be an easy thing to overcome because God, the God we serve in Jesus, you know what I mean? He wants us to have victory in every aspect of our life. And behind the request of several that have asked for this subject to be talked about, this subject 
have been a very, very comprehensive subject for my own mind to keep in reminded that I am nothing without Christ. And so I give back those things that God has blessed, it and blessed me in and entrusted me in to be able to bring these things to you. And I've got a beautiful panel of co-hosts here, Island and Light is Right, you know, that come to help in helping in the struggle to try to uh, uh, relate these things to you over the, over the air and at the same time seeing a practical view of what we can do to help you because while we're helping you, we're helping ourselves and we want you to share this information with everybody. To be an overcomer, remember this, first is to forgive. And I want to thank you for all of you that have been on this show uh, to listen and to give your listening ear. And God bless you. And for next week, we will be talking on America. Stand up. Have we dropped the ball? And once I get it all together, you can look for it on the profile. This is dealing with our children. Parents, it's time to take a stand. And so until next week, we want to say to all of you out there, we love you. We love you in Christ Jesus. Remember, to be an overcomer is to forgive. That's the main thing, because if God forgiven you, you have to forgive others. He said, how many times should I forgive? Seventy times seven. I want victory, don't you? So everybody, y'all have a good night. We love you, and we hope to hear you back. The Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. We all love you. God bless. God bless.